District of Conservation is sponsored by the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to cfact.org. Thank you so much for listening to the program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. Welcome to the last episode of District of Conservation for 2023. We aren't stopping anytime soon, but I figured we have to squeeze in this important news subject concerning the Osage Nation, which is a Native American tribe that is the subject of the new blockbuster film, Killers of the Flower Moon. This tribe has long dealt with people creeping into their territory and wanting to usurp their mineral rights. Back then it was oil. Now it's tapping into mineral rights illegally through solar, wind, clean energy projects. And I'm going to explain why. There was a development just before Christmas, and I'm reading from the Osage News, of a federal judge ordering the removal of 84 wind turbines from the Osage Mineral Estate. And the tagline, the OMC chairman, Everett Weller, is quoted as saying, we will defend the mineral estate against anyone that does not comply with the law and tries to take our lands and resources. So the news report says that this is a nearly long decade case that wound its way through state and federal courts after a federal judge ruled that wind turbines on the Osage Reservation constituted continued trespass. The press release goes on to say that U.S. District Court Judge Jennifer Coe Graves ordered wind turbines located north of Pawhuska on the Burbank field to be removed and said their continued presence on the Osage Mineral Estate amounted to continued trespass, one of the issues argued before the Northern District of Oklahoma at a hearing on September 20th. A trial will be held to assess further damages for the past 10 years. So they have to retroactively remove 84 wind turbines. And this is the third time nationally a judge has ordered the teardown and removal of wind turbines and a first for Oklahoma. The Osage Minerals Council said in a statement they were pleased with the outcome. Quote, the council fights every day to provide for our head right holders. We will defend the mineral estate against anyone that does not comply with the law and tries to take our lands and resources, said Chairman Everett Weller. We are open for business and we look forward to working with anyone who negotiates with us in good faith. And the press release says the court determined that the project of this magnitude required at least under the Code of Federal Regulations under Title 25, Sections 211 and 214. The developers, Osage Wind, NL Kansas, and Green Power Energy LLC never obtained such a lease. 
The question of whether they needed a lease went before the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2019, in which the defendants lost. They attempted to re-argue portions of the case earlier this year when a question of continued trespass came before the Northern District. Osage Wind admitted that they did not have a permit, but said that they did doesn't amount to continued trespass. Yes, they pulled the rock from the ground in order to buttress the large turbines, but said it was a one-time trespass and they should not be held liable for any further damages, only a one-time damage payment. The report continues by saying that for more than 10 years or 10 years ago, NL obtained leases from surface owners to construct a wind farm over 8,400 acres and erected more than 84 wind turbines, transmission lines, and more. The court held that all these actions illegally used the Osage Mineral Estate. The court found it is undisputed. Enel physically invaded the Osage Mineral Estate without the permission of the Osage Minerals Council during the construction of the Osage Wind Project. I learned about this from one gentleman who's been exposing the faults of renewable power or so-called clean energy projects. His name is Robert Bryce. And he goes into this further because he has a forthcoming documentary, I think coming out early next year, that expands on this particular case. In his Substack newsletter, right around the time that this decision was unveiled, and he writes that under the Osage Allotment Act of 1906, the tribe owns the rights to the minerals beneath the land it bought from the Cherokee Nation in the late 1800s. Those mineral rights include oil, natural gas, and the rocks that Enel mined and crushed for the wind project. By mining without permission, the company violated the tribe's sovereignty. The judge in this decision concluded that Enel, quote, failed to acquire a mining lease during or after construction, as well as after issuance of a 10th Circuit Court of Appeals decision holding that a mining lease was required, end quote, in 2017. She continued saying the company's past and continued refusal to obtain a lease constitutes interference with the sovereignty of the Osage Nation and is sufficient to constitute irreparable injury. Mr. Bryce has talked to several members of the Osage Nation, and like I said, they're going to be releasing some documentary footage and film projects, which I look forward to watching and reading about. But he writes also in his substack that he spoke to one of the long-standing tribal members, Tommy Daniels, who has pushed for the removal of wind turbines, and he's quoted as saying, if I had the power, boom, they'd be gone. He said in an interview that Robert Bryce conducted with him last year in Fairfax, Oklahoma, He is one of the last full-blood Osages. The wind projects kill birds like eagles. I don't like that, he added. And he writes that Daniels and other Osage tribal members oppose the project because of its potential intrusion on sacred burial sites, as well as the 420-foot-high turbine's deadly impact on eagles. He interviewed another tribal member, Joe Connor, who passed away in September of this year, and he is quoted as saying that many tribal members have objections because of the fear of of damaging the environment, sacred birds, particularly eagles that would have been caught up in the wind turbines. And this is part of their forthcoming docu-series, Juice, Power, Politics, and the Grid. It's going to be a five-part series that they're going to be debuting. I would stand corrected. Here's an exact date of when they're releasing this on YouTube on January 31st, 2024. They have 30 interviews compiled, including the two aforementioned gentlemen. By thrashing Enel in court, the Osage tribe not only stands to collect millions of dollars in damages and the removal of the lonesome, loathsome turbines, it has also handed Big Wind its biggest public relations debacle in its history. It's not just the wind energy lost, Bryce writes, it lost to a Native American tribe. That's particularly bad 
when it comes to the branding of wind energy as clean, green, sustainable, and of course, renewable. I agree with Robert Bryce that this is a huge loss for big wind, whether it's onshore and offshore. This is perhaps one of the most bad PR campaigns or bad PR events that wind could have. I mean, they've suffered a very bad year. You look at offshore wind, Orsted, I think, lost 60% of its market value, and they're going to have, as recently as November 1st, $5.6 billion impairment on halted U.S. projects. This is not just rural Republicans or rural folks in America who are opposed to these very questionable projects, clean energy projects. You now have people, Native Americans in this case, who are sought out as clean energy allies, but they themselves have seen the problems in set with wind, solar, and all these so-called alternatives, viable alternatives as we're told they are. This is undoubtedly a huge blow to big wind. I've been documenting this. We had a report earlier this year about Idaho, a project that no one wants. And Robert Bryce catalogs all these rejections, these renewable project rejections on his website. I highly recommend it. It's called the Renewable Rejection Database. And he has documented this since 2015 and has accounted for 417 rejections or restrictions of wind energy in the U.S. And those rejections have occurred from as far as Maine to Hawaii. This year, Mr. Bryce reports that there have been 50 rejections or restrictions of wind energy and 68 solar rejections. And now he says that it'll be 51 rejections of wind energy in 2023. So this renewable rejection database should become your next best resource if you're not already clued in on it. So I will link to both. But this is not just a Republican opposition campaign. This is affecting lots of stakeholders, lots of people, even Democrats and preservationist environmentalists are starting to come around and say that this is a really bad idea. The footprint will be worse than conventional energy projects even, or the magnitude and scale of this project is just, it's not worth it with the trade-offs. You're, you're getting rid of reliable energy for an unknown entity that's going to gobble up so many acres of land that energy is not going to be directly used by your community. It's going to be shipped off to blue states that love to talk about renewables in a big way, but they don't want to exhaust them anymore. So they want to exploit red state with plentiful land and other natural resources. So I suspect we're going to see the continued downfall of clean energy projects, so-called clean energy projects like solar and wind. And this is just the beginning. No amount of Inflation Reduction Act money, no amount of PR campaigns, no amount of gaslighting is going to reverse opposition that is building up all across the country in red and blue states, opposing these very large, dangerous, dubious projects that have a really diminished return on investment. They cost so much money without subsidies. So the Inflation Reduction Act cannot save these projects. No amount of billions in government spending injected into the economy artificially to prop up these industries will save this. And kudos to the Osage Nation for having the stones to oppose this. And I hope they're not the only ones and that they start to make and clamor more noise about this because it really is an intrusion on whether it's Native American sovereignty, property rights, energy security. There are so many problems with this. You can't lie your way to telling the truth here. Net zero is definitely more dangerous than conventional energy. All things considered, if you weren't thinking this now, maybe I've changed your mind since you've listened to the podcast. 
But more and more, I become increasingly opposed to these projects. And I love seeing other groups who you don't think would be opposed to this speaking out against this and the various ramifications that would come with this. And and again, good for the Osage Nation that they will recoup money, hopefully. I don't know what damage this project, those 84 turbines did. Can they have groundwater that could be used? Is it clean? What about that land? Can it be repurposed? People don't think about this when they support these projects. They don't think about the end of life cycle. Are those blades going to be recycled? I mean, they're going to get rid of those blades and they'll recycle them. I have no doubt the tribe will. But nobody thinks about the the end of cycle. You know, what happens when these projects are rejected or they stop working? This is what they're so dishonest about proponents of clean energy projects. They're like, oh, it's so great. It's so cheap. And it, it's there's no better time for solar and wind. They're so much cheaper than oil, gas, and coal, and, and conventional energy. The upfront costs are not cheap. Without subsidies, how much are these technologies? Not cheaper. They're intermittent. They don't work 24-7. And again, I, I question the land use. Why do we need so much land for a energy source that produces so little compared to everything else when all is factored in. It's ludicrous. So I like pointing out these case studies whenever I can, and I wanted to top off 2023 with this bit of good news from an unlikely source when you think about clean energy opposition. So good for the Osage Nation. I hope more tribes and and not tribes uh, also follow suit here. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. If you enjoyed what you heard today, go leave us some reviews on Apple and Spotify or wherever podcasts are played. Your feedback will help us reach more people. And I love to know what is on your mind after each episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat or a guest announcement because that is our way of updating all of you listeners. And we have just hit a thousand followers on Instagram for the podcast account. Thank you very much. And if you have any guest suggestions or topics you want to hear on the show, I'm all ears. I would love to hear your feedback there. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.